Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio. I think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it. Because I think it would, it, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will. I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone. So don't just be like, hey, we, we signed this player for another ceremony. Like, no, no. Like Now... To your hosts. All right, Red Sox fans, welcome in another edition of Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio. Of course, we are brought to you by Blue Apron. Don't forget, you can check out, uh, get your first three meals for free at blueapron.com backslash Red Sox Beat. Uh, with free shipping, of course, to get you the first three meals for free. Check it out. It's awesome. Um, of course, you can find us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat uh, Podcast. Um, and yeah, so a lot going on this week. Red Sox are in first place. No Lauren this week, just Jess uh, and myself. What's going on, Jess? Hello, not too much. Going back to the old times, as we always do when we do a two-person show. Yeah, you know, we, um, we it's nice doing two-person every once in a while, and we get to do it this week. Um, a lot to get to, Jess. Just overall, how, this week has kind of been good for the Red Sox. Yeah, it started off a little tough with the Orioles, but there were close games, tough losses, and then a bunch of comeback wins against the Yankees, and basically single-handedly, essentially, basically just knocked them out of the playoff race. It's really nice to see that they basically <laughs> knocked the Yankees out of the playoffs because you go into that series, if you get swept or lose two out of three out of four, they're right back in the division, of course, in the wild card as well. So uh, Red Sox handled the Yankees, and Red Sox had a good week overall. So for that, I'm going to turn it over to wonderful Jess Thomas to get the recap and kind of let you know what happened if you didn't see it or live under a rock. <laughs> That's right. Um, so we did the show last week on Monday, so the Monday game already happened, as we discussed on last show, 12-2 win over the Orioles, it was a great game, ton of runs, destroyed Wade Miley, um, brought us into Tuesday, unfortunately Monday was the only win of the series, but the Tuesday game was tough at the beginning, um, it really that was it, Drew Pomerantz pitched for the Sox, gave up five runs in the second inning, which was obviously the problem. Uh, J.J. Hardy hit a home run, and then Nolan Reimold hit a home run. And that was the five runs right there, those two homers, and it was 5 nothing. Um, the Sox got two back in the bottom of the second. Um, Xander Bogarts hit a solo home run in the fifth to get it 5-3. 
but that was as close as the Sox would get. It was a 6-3 to three loss. Uh, Dylan Bundy pitched good enough. The Sox had to use a lot of bullpen pieces, and nobody only one only run, one run given up after the second inning for the whole rest of the bullpen. So the bullpen was encouraging and has been for quite a while now, but Pomerantz just didn't get it done in this game. No, he didn't, um, and I think this is kind of a recurring theme of Pomerantz not getting it done. Um, I, I'm, I'm just curious of how he handles moving forward, because I think you're obviously going to have to rely on him come playoffs. You're going to have to rely on him down the stretch here, pitching tonight on Sunday Night Baseball against the Yanks. And um, look, this this guy, you, you got what you got for him, and you need to figure out what makes this guy tick, because he seems very content with not doing well, <laughs> at least when I've noticed of it, and um, this game wasn't any different. I think his real problem, it wasn't the case in this game, but throughout the whole season, both on San Diego and Boston, is he's gotten literally no run support. He really hasn't pitched that bad. He has given up a lot of home runs. He's given up a home run in almost every start with the Red Sox, at least one, most of the time just one. Yeah. But his problem has been run support. And even in this game, he did give up five runs in the second inning, but Sox only scored three overall. For, for some reason, they just see his name on the sheet and go, all right, guys, no need to score tonight. Yeah, really. It's <laughs> like they almost go up to him and go, guys, just take every pitch. Don't give him any run support. Let's see if he can go nine innings and not a lot of run. Like, it's ridiculous. Which is so weird because, you know, the Red Sox lead the majors in runs by a ton. <laughs> yeah, they really do. They're, yeah, well, yeah they're, they, they're clearly the best offense by that category. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they can't score for Pomerantz. It makes no sense. I don't get it. No. So that's his biggest problem. I don't think he's done that bad besides giving up home runs. He, he's been fine. He's just not this game, obviously. But before that, he was fine. You just If you don't score, it's, it's hard to win. It's yeah, fact. it's amazing how that game works, Jess. You, you need to score runs to win. <laughs> runs give you the win. You don't score runs, you don't win. Huh, interesting. Amazing how that works. Yeah, no kidding. So that was a uh, tied series at one, brought us into Wednesday's game. I was at this game. Let me tell you, this game was started and over before you even blink your eye. It was a very fast game to be at. Great pitching. Rick Porcello and Kevin Gosman. Porcello was dominant. Gosman was dominant. Literally, they had almost exactly the same line. Or Porcello pitched eight innings, four hits, one run, no walks, six Ks. Gosman had eight innings, four hits, no runs, one walk, six Ks. So just switch the runs and the walks, and they have the exact same outing. And, man, they were both just on their game. Gosman was unhittable. Yeah, he really was. Um, and it's kind of a shame with the way Gosman was pitching just because of the fact that you you wasted a great another great start from Porcello. Um and it's funny because he's usually the one that gets the run support, um, and he just wasn't getting it. I know, he leads the league. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's been killing it with the run support. So it's really a tough loss considering what this series meant, and this kind of kept the Orioles in the division. And you didn't really know what to expect then going into the Yankees series. Obviously, you're better than the Yankees, but losing two out of three of the Orioles can can do a lot to a team psyche, even though they're, they're good. But um, that's a tough loss to swallow against a good pitcher. But it's just it's a waste of a poor settle start, too. Especially at home, also, to lose two out of three. Yeah, I mean, Porcello would just give up a home run to Mark Trumbo in the second inning, and that was it. And that was a bomb, though. That was a bomb. Oh, so far, it got out in a hurry. Let me tell you, from first-hand experience, it was a blast. And the wind was pulling the balls in, so that's how far it really was. It yeah, was, imagine if that ball, crazy. imagine if the wind wasn't blowing in, how far that would have went. Oh, oh, my God, it would have, it already went way over the monster. It would have gone into probably another state otherwise. Oh, but, yeah. um,. Yeah, I mean, Porcello dropped his ERA from 321 to 312 at the start. He pitched great. It's unfortunate. And it's funny, too, because we've talked about it on previous shows. He gets the most run support in the league, but 95% of the time he doesn't need it. And this was you know, this was when he didn't need it again because he only gave up one run. But 
as we just said, if you score zero, you're going to lose. You got to score runs to win a game, unfortunately. So you can't win with zero runs. Not possible. No, it's pretty tough. And uh, the Sox had to face Zach Britton in the bottom of the ninth, and he is perfect. And literally, probably, well, I mean, I was reading stuff about it. It's like comparing a couple of Mariano Rivera seasons. Really, this is probably the best season of a closer ever in a season. He's been unreal. He's been ridiculous, and it's like if you hand him the ball, it's almost the way I felt with like, um, almost like Koji or Papelbon when they were like on. Like you handed them the ball, mm-hmm. and it's it. You're done. You get game, the game over. So it's like that's how it is with yeah. him, and it, he's so good. His his stats are just absolutely absurd. If you look, at, he's a couple more saves since since he uh, saved the game on Wednesday. Yep. He's his ERA is point five nine for the season. First of all, <laughs> if that's not good enough. Um, 45 for 45 saves. He hasn't blown one save the entire season. He has 67 strikeouts. And the thing that really got me when I was looking at his numbers, he's pitched 61 in the third innings. He's given up 34 hits. Insane. That's insane. It's 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 crazy <laughs> what he's done this year. And look, it, it's a shame. I mean, this Orioles team looks like they're going to make the playoffs. So I, if, if we're in a close game with him, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be anybody facing him. No, you have you have to get a lead by like the seventh inning or eighth inning. You can't you can't be down in the ninth inning. It's you're not no. going to win. Nope. As, as he's shown, 45 out of 45 times. <laughs> so it was too bad I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, we finally get Gosman out of the game, and now I have to face Zach Britton. This isn't fair. Oh, I know. It's it's so. ridiculous. Yeah, so that was a shame. And Gosman's pitched like crap against the Red Sox this season, so it's, he's been great lately, which is why he pitched well. But I was hoping for some runs when I went, and was not the case. So, oh, well. So that was a two out of three loss. Yeah, and uh, nobody got the series right. Lauren picked a sweep. We both picked two out of three, and they lost two out of three. So that's that's your baseball. You never know, nope. for sure. But let's move to the good stuff. Um, as you said, going to the Yankee series, losing two out of three, not fun. But the Orioles haven't been playing well at all. And actually, I just saw a stat: they're five and eleven in, in September, which is the worst in baseball. So that's crazy. The, the Blue Jays are going the wrong way for sure. Um, so they didn't really gain any ground going into the series and we were up one game on the Orioles after that so they climbed a little closer back but so I said the Yankees and uh it looked like it was going to continue to be bad because the offense couldn't do anything as Masahiro Tanaka in this game uh the Yankees got runs early they got all five of their runs by the fourth inning so really it wasn't looking good uh Eduardo Rodriguez pitched only went two and a third innings eight hits, four runs. He wasn't good. Tanaka was rolling. Um, so yeah, f- uh, two runs in the first, two runs in the third. Sox got one back in the bottom of the third, but then the Yankees got that run right back, five to one after four innings. So everyone was like, wow, we could lose three games in a row at home. The Yankees would be three games down in the division instead of five if the Sox won. So it wasn't looking good. And then, uh, the bullpen came in for the Yankees and, uh, Good stuff started to happen. David Ortiz had a home run off Adam Warren in the eighth. That made it five to two, a little bit closer. But still, going to the bottom of the ninth inning, you know, it's a five-two game. You don't expect to win that usually. Um, so the Yankees tried a little, uh, tried a little avoid Dylan Betances here because he had pitched the night before and blown a game the night before as well. So they went with Tommy Lane. He got an out. Then they brought in uh, Blake Parker, and he didn't get an out. Uh, he, he gave up a base runner. And then they decided, well, we gotta, we got, we have to go to Batanzas here because this is a really big game to win, and we can't be screwing around. 
that's what they thought in their head. Okay, yeah, I, so go ahead. And I, th- I just think that bringing in Patances in the situation was tough because he had pitched the last two nights, um, a good amount of pitches. The night. I'm pretty sure he threw like 30-something pitches the night before. So I, I thought that Girardi kind of forced him into that game because he got a little scared. He knew what that game meant. He really did. Um, so he didn't want to lose it. But yeah, he it, did but, it too quickly, right? But Tansis was gassed already. You could tell. You could tell he shouldn't have been in that game, and I think that he just rushed it. I think if he just left um, that alone and Far. didn't put Patantis in, I think that they would have been fine. I think bringing in Patantis was the reason why they lost that game, which is crazy because he's so good, but I think he was just so tired from the night before. Yeah, I mean, because Parker only faced Chris Young. He hit him on the top of the head on a pitch that Young ducked on, and that was the only chance Girardi gave him. So, yeah, he brought in Patantis. And he was all over the place. Uh, he watched Pedroia. Young and Pedroia went to second and third on a, on a uh, defensive indifference. And now all of a sudden the Sox are in business. David Ortiz hit an RBI single. It was 5-3. to three. Yep. And then Betts hit a CNI single to the left between uh, shortstop and third. It was 5-4. to four, And we're like, okay, well, we got some going here. Um, and then uh, pass ball by Gary Sanchez on another terrible pitch. And it was second and third. All the Sox needed was a base hit here, and it would be a six to five, six to five win. Hanley Ramirez comes up and Matanz throws him garbage. You know, sliders way outside. He got him to a uh, three and one count, and instead of throwing a slider that he got Hanley to swing horribly at, he threw a fastball directly down the middle. When Gary Sanchez didn't call for a fastball because he did not know it was coming, and Hanley blasted it to center field, walk off three run homer to center field. The crowd went crazy. Huge momentum turnaround win. First walk-off home run of the season. Third walk-off win period of the season. This one was huge. They're, they're, that was their first walk-off homer since 2014. 2014. I think I said yeah. yeah, which is crazy. Um, but, look, I, this game, such a turning point because, like I, like we were talking about, if they lose this game, Yankees are three, three in a row. Back, three in a row. Yankees are now three games back, three games back in the division. Um, mm-hmm. Hanley comes up, and I'm going to go – in my head, and this is the pessimist pessimist in me, I start thinking, okay, he's going to free swing. He's going to screw this up. He's going to just swing out of his shoes. And he did that on, the, on one of those sliders. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, Hanley, you're going to screw this up. Oh, my God, no. And then Batanza threw the fastball. Clearly, Gary Sanchez had no idea that fastball was coming. Um, <laughs> he looked very scared. <laughs> he was very shocked by that. He like You could tell he like put his arm up in disgust. Like, trying to like catch it not knowing it where it was going to be because he was set up out and away he probably wanted the slider yeah i don't think they were communicating there (laughs) no they weren't and he threw a ball pretty much right down the middle and hanley's done has done what he has done all year and has hit hit the ball middle of the field opposite field he's gotten better with that that's what his focus was coming into this year was doing what he's done it's hitting the ball the other way using the whole field not trying to pull everything and that's exactly what he did in the situation, and the results were amazing. It's a bomb over the world in, 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 in disbelief, and he looked like he was joyful and happy. And the best part about that home run, Jess, was the two things were the point when he was the point to the first base coach when he was running around first, which is amazing. And yeah. then if you notice when he zooms out when he's running third, he does a little hop skip around third. Like, and it was the best thing ever, and it's fun to see Hanley doing so well because he seems so comfortable in this situation. Yeah, and didn't he, after he did that little hop-skip thing, didn't he chuck his helmet around his back, too? He did, a like, a behind-the-back He did a behind right. the back flip thing, which was great. David Ortiz's energy was amazing. They showed the video. Oh, my God. Um, it was going nuts. Just, they, they had a camera on the dugout, so that you could see, like, when Hanley's the bat, crack of the bat, Ortiz jumped down from the railing and then bolted 
to like the exit of the dugout where Farrell sits and just bolted onto the field. And he was a little boy at a candy store. Like he was jumping up his and hands. down. He's like putting his hands up and down. Up and down. He, he was putting up his hands up and down. He ran up halfway up the third baseline to like walk, run the rest of it with Hanley. And it was, it was the best thing. It's great for this team. And what a huge momentum win, especially after the way they were playing against the Orioles. It's such a, it was such a great statement comeback. Especially being down 5-2, you never expect to win those games. Honestly, though, I hate to agree with you, but when Hanley was up, too, just knowing how nasty Batanzas' stuff is, even though he was even though he was wild, I was like, this is the kind of guy, even though Hanley's having a great season, this is the kind of guy that he just totally whiffs on nasty pitches, guesses the wrong pitch. And we're both right. That's that's he's, He does tend to do that sometimes in, in big leverage situations where, you know, the pitcher's really good, he'll just kind of swing out of his shoes, like you said. And he just dug in, and he got the right pitch, and he was ready for the fastball. Even if even if Sanchez wasn't ready for the fastball, Hanley's ready for the fastball. So yeah, that's what he's known for, though. Like Hanley's known for swinging out of his shoes, and this year has been a change right. pace of that. And I think it's been a result of just being in the right position in the field and just being more comfortable at the plate. Um, and Chili Davis doing a good job working with him as a hitting coach himself. Yeah, it's really awesome the transformation he's made. It's it's been I know it's been a lot of articles and a lot of. A lot of excitement over it in the last week, just how how much he's changed from uh, from last year to this year. You got to wonder too. I mean, it's, I know he's talked about it before, but he couldn't hit fastballs like that last year, and he's hitting them like crazy this year. And that shoulder injury he had, like he said, it bothered him the whole rest of the year. And I mean, with really the did. way he's hitting this year, it's it, it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. You can tell that he wasn't just saying that. Um, you can tell he definitely was affected by the shoulder, and it makes sense. Just. It makes yeah, it sense that the shoulder would bug him, and he couldn't hit because of that, because it was a shoulder where he had to drive, help drive through the ball. And if your shoulder is struggling, you're not going to want to swing as hard, because if you miss, especially the way he hits, you're, you're going to hurt yourself even more. So just come from the you're shoulder. Gonna be, you're going to be like slow, slowed and delayed, and like you're going to be late on pitches because your shoulder hurts. So yeah, you're gonna obviously hesitate. you're not going to hit it like solidly if you're not swinging at the right time. You know? no, you're, no, you're going to hesitate the entire time. Um, and it makes sense that he's playing this well and at the, you, I mean at the time you don't know how he feels but seeing the result of how this year's so at least the second half of this year has been um you can really see that he was telling the truth that he just he just wasn't healthy right and he's really been carrying the team the last couple of weeks two three weeks four weeks it's yeah crazy. have been slumping like Mookie's been okay but Pedroia is slowing down a little bit Ortiz has been good when he needs to be but he hasn't been great either because he's old and tired so like it's just well bets yeah bets slow down the most his averages dropped a pretty good amount but you got Hanley sitting there one spot behind him picking up all the mess <laughs> it's nice it's nice to have it's really nice to have so that was a great game, huge momentum shift. Obviously, like we said, instead of losing three in a row, knocked the Yankees back to five behind us in the division, and just that getting getting walked off like that as the opposing team that just kills. That's that's a huge oh, huge yeah. shot to your confidence, and and it showed because they have struggled the whole rest of the series. As I'll get to now, uh, the next game was was on uh, Friday, start the weekend after that great Thursday win, and. Um, this was another another good game. Uh, Clay Buchholz started this game and gave up two runs in six innings, held the Yankees down while the offense piled up some runs. I uh, got the job done again. Six innings, seven hits, two runs, two Ks. Did well. Um, and the, the Sox were all over Luis Sessa in the beginning. Uh, they got th- two runs in the first. Ortiz RBI single and Hanley RBI single. And then Hanley hit a solo home run in the fourth to make it 3 nothing. Literally to the exact same place as his home run on Thursday night at center field. 
three or four rows in, exactly the same thing. Uh, they made it three nothing. Gary Sanchez got the only runs uh, for the Yankees until the ninth inning with a two run double in the fifth to make it three two. But the Sox had enough of that. Two in the sixth, two in the seventh. Jackie Bradley Jr. hit a home run in the seventh. Seven to two game after seven. Billy Butler had a two run homer in the ninth, but it was already seven to two. That made it seven to four. And uh, that was your final. More good bullpen work, a couple runs by Abad, but nobody else gave up any other runs. And uh, here we were with a nice 7-4 to win, 12 more hits. Buckholtz pitched well and taking the first two games of the series. Hanley Ramirez hit the exact same home run. Like, it was like, might as well have been a replay, only... I was about to say a replay. <laughs> like, it was identical. Um, but honestly, though, in this game, Clay Buckholtz, he was great. He, he went in there and did what he needed to do. Um, Jess, you're going to love hearing this, and I'm, I'm really mad that Lauren's not here to hear this, but she'll hear it when she hears listens to the show. I trust Clay Buckholtz through September. Yay! Uh, I trust him enough. Don't get overboard there. I trust him enough to get through the rest of the regular season, but come playoff time, I want to see what he's got because we know mentally, and you have to admit this, mentally he's not the strongest person in the world. Um, It'll be in the bullpen, right? There's no way he's going to be starting. um, You don't know that because if you need a fourth starter... Yeah, I guess he could. If you need a fourth starter, I'd rather him right now than anyone else. Because top right, three, guess, top guess. three, top three have to be obviously Price, Porcello, in whatever order, and then Rodriguez. I would think. Um, oh, I'd say Pomerantz. I don't trust Rodriguez in the playoffs. I don't trust at Pomerantz all. at all. So um, it's kind of either one, but I don't think they're going to put Buckholz as their third starter. So whatever, whoever they choose between Pomerantz and Erod, and that kind of that could also determine the next st- couple starts they have before the playoffs start. Um, mm-hmm. Either of those two, out of to your fourth starter, you're going to need a fourth one. It's probably going to be Clay Buckholz. Yeah, for some reason I was thinking three starters, but yeah, you kind of—I guess you kind of got to have four for a while at least. So, so I, I mean, going into the playoffs is another story, and we'll get there when that comes because I'll, I don't trust David Price in the playoffs yet. He hasn't proven anything. So, <laughs> right. Um, but for the rest of the year, for what we need to do to win the division, I trust Clay Buckholz enough to go five or six innings, not give up a ton of runs, and just allow the Red Sox to stay in the games he's on the mound. Yeah, and you know what he's really doing is he's he's being effective with his pitch count too. Because again, in this game, six innings, only ninety three pitches. He could he could have gone seven if he needed to. It's he's really he's really you know being effective with with uh, not throwing away too many pitches. Because as we know, that was a problem earlier in the season. He was throwing like eighty eighty five pitches in like three or four innings and getting knocked out early. That hasn't been happening recently, which is good. And they've been taking him out kind of earlier than they probably even need to because he is not even throwing 100 pitches that much. So probably partially because he's been in the bullpen part of the time too, but he's effectively getting through what they need him to get to with not that many pitches. Yeah, it's it's nice. Um, he's I think going in the bullpen was the best thing for him, Jess, because he started to understand yeah. the approach of one inning at a time. Don't think ahead, just one batter at a time because in the bullpen you only get three really most times. So um, I think that really kind of honed him back to realize that you need to just take it pitch by pitch and worry about the situation, and that's translated into these starts because I think he's taking that same approach inning by inning when he's starting. Yeah, I agree. He's really broken it down into more specific, you know, batter by batter rather than the whole thing as a whole, and it's been great. So go Clay. I'd, I'd honestly trust Pomerantz and Buckholz over Erod. I just don't have a lot of confidence in the yard right now. He's he's inconsistent. He'll be good and then he'll be terrible. I just and he's young. I just I don't know. I don't have a good feeling about him. I I'd, I'd leave him far down if it were me, but that's me. All right, 
let's move to uh, to Saturday. So Friday's win gave the Sox uh, two in a row against the Yankees and knocked them six games out of the division. I know it's a wild card still, but I'm I'm enjoying the division right now because as everyone was saying, oh, if the Yankees sweep the Red Sox, then the Yankees can be tied with the Red Sox. Well, we're going the opposite way, friends. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm enjoying that, knocking them down one game at a time, five, six. That brought us into Saturday, uh, and this game was excellent because as the last couple were, it was another comeback win. Um, the Sox got down early, uh, three nothing actually, off of David Price. He was not sharp in this game. Um, Brett Gardner got an RBI triple, and Gary Sanchez again hit a two-run homer, three nothing after the top of the third. Um, but that Red Sox offense got right back to it, made it three to two after three full. Bogarts RBI double, Ortiz ground out. Um, the Yankees got up five to two, however, in the fourth. Austin Romine two RBI double. To make it 5-2, Price gave up nine hits and five runs in six innings, seven strikeouts. Um, he was not sharp. Took him 113 pitches to get through six innings. Fortunately for him, this offense is good. Xander Bogart hit a two-run homer in the fifth to make it 5-4. to four. Mookie Betts tied it in the seventh with an RBI single to make it 5-5. Five, five. And then Betts scored in a wild pitch to make it 6-5 in the seventh. Hanley got thrown out at home on a play that, Gary, uh, that Austin Romine actually fell asleep on. Fortunately for the Yankees, he got back just in time. Unfortunately for the Yankees, that was all the Red Sox would need. 6-5 to five victory. Um, and once again, as we're going to talk about later, uh, no runs given up again by the bullpen. Craig Kimbrell struck out all four guys for a four-out save um, to shut the door in a one-run game. Uh, this game was good. Bogarts got back on track. Three hits, two doubles, and, three, uh, and a two-run homer. Three RBI, three runs. Three hits for Hanley again, two for Betts, and um, it was good to hold the Yankees down to no runs after the fourth inning and slowly climb back. A close win, as we've said a lot. Close wins haven't happened a whole lot. No, they don't, and I'm, gl- I'm glad this happened, but I, I think, to that Hanley play, I think that he was in the right to do that. I think if he didn't hesitate at all, Jess, because you, you noticed if you watched the replay, he did hesitate. Um, he did. If he, doesn't, if he doesn't hesitate, he probably scores, because... It was really close. It was closer than people thought. Um, oh, it was really close. Yeah, yeah. For for him not noticing behind the plate, uh, I think that if Hanley doesn't hesitate, he scores and they and they get the extra run. But um, at least the Red Sox took advantage of it. Obviously, a pass ball got them the lead, but they took advantage of a good break um, and they come in and they shut they shut the door and Kimbrel is able to get the save here. Um, and it's crazy because it was a four out save. Yeah, and he looked really good. Not, no drama, here. like yeah, like no drama. He just got the outs. Didn't get let anybody on base. No walks. It was just strikeouts. But strikeouts, 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 strikeouts. Really <laughs> happy about too with that is obviously he's been he's he's had issues this year with multi inning outings and th- that sort of thing. But give I give some credit to John Farrell for using him anyway um, because in this right, situation, out his problems. in this situation. He's the guy you want on the mound. I don't care what his issues are. You need, to, especially come playoff time, you're gonna need you need him to do that. So it's good for him to come in, get that out quickly, and then get right to the ninth and make it a quick in and out save, which he hasn't done that much this year. Nope. Super important. Really good to if we can get his confidence up, get him to stop walking people, get into the playoffs. You don't want to walk people in the playoffs. That's that's a recipe for disaster in the the ninth inning, especially if you have, especially if you're facing teams that have good pitchers like say you know zach Britton or people like that you don't you don't want to be giving up runs late in the game so this was great 
excellent win. And as I enjoy my tally continues here, uh, this put Sox seven games ahead of the Yankees in the division. <laughs> it's it's amazing how much how much uh, damage these series can do if if you win all of them, isn't it? It's like oh four games down, whoa seven games down. What happened? You know, yeah, when, great. when you have a four game series, it's crazy how fast it can turn. Right. If you don't if you don't lose at all, it's awesome. So that brings us up to uh, Sunday, which is today. The game is happening currently. Four nothing Yankees currently in the fourth inning. Pomerantz yeah. didn't pitch well again, but Locker. we're going to reserve judgment because this team's been coming back recently, especially in the series. So we're going to hold our horses on that. Right now, it's not looking good, but either way, winning at least three games against the Yankees, four game sweep would be gorgeous. That'd be a eight game lead in the division. The Yankees are still in the wild card. They're four games out of the wild card, so they could really use a win here, but yeah. The Sox could put them eight out and five out in the wild card. That would essentially pretty much do it, considering there would be 13 games left after this game. Yeah. They're not coming back from that. They need to win tonight as the Red Sox because just to keep up with the Orioles. Um, because the Orioles did win this afternoon. So uh, if the Red Sox lose this game, they will be two games um, up in the division. The Blue Jays lost again today to yeah. uh, who they play today. They played the Angels again, right? Um, yeah, 4 nothing. So, and they're going to play Seattle come monday so um give the order they're floundering yeah um i gotta keep gotta keep winning though if you're the red Sox, you're obviously in the driver's seat there um and we'll obviously talk more about the sunday game as next week rolls around absolutely so our mvp for the week um not counting i wonder who you're gonna choose i wonder who you're gonna choose yeah for the second straight week we're not counting this game because it's not over but for the second straight week hanley ramirez is the mvp through saturday nine for 22 Three more home runs, eight RBI, three runs. Been totally carrying the team during the stretch. And obviously the walk-off home run, that completely turned the week around. So no question about it. Don't even need to look anybody else. Hanley's MVP. It has to be Hanley. There's no, like, even if he didn't do anything besides that home run, I would have given it to Hanley because of what that win meant for this team and what it did to kind of take down the Yankees and kind of really build momentum back up for this team. Hanley's obviously crushing the ball. Huge second half for this guy. And he, I think he's only getting better as the season winds down and we get closer to the playoffs. So I'm excited to see what this guy can do in meaningful games end of September through the playoffs and into a playoff series against a team who, you know, right now you're playing Cleveland in the first round. So um, I, I think it'd be intriguing to see what this guy does moving forward. And that's a Cleveland team that just lost Carlos Carrasco for the season and they're now without Carrasco and Salazar, two of their best pitchers. So they might be going downhill. <laughs> yeah, and you might be catching them at the right time. Um, if everything holds out right now, you're playing Cleveland. So uh, it'd be intriguing to see. Um, but there's your recap. Good week for the Red Sox, despite whatever happens Sunday night baseball. I think it's overall obviously a good week. Some really good week if they win tonight. Really good, <laughs> the, yeah, really good. But we'll see what happens. We'll talk about this Sunday game next week. Obviously, you'll have recaps up um, for all the games on CNS Radio from the Britain team. Um, and of course, that is just as updated. It's brought to you by uh, Blue Apron. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Blue Aprons achieves this by supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients, and building a community of home chefs. Cooking together builds strong family bonds, and it has a huge impact on the house. Research shows that Blue Apron families cook nearly three times more often. Those who spend a lot of eating out or at high-end grocery chains can now spend under $10 per person for a delicious meal. Jess, I know the both of us use it. Lauren use it. Um, and now I'm moving into a new house. I'm buying a house. Um, and this is going to save me a, a crap ton of time because I have too much other stuff to do than worry about cooking my own food. That's right. You get the recipes. You get the. You know how much time. They tell you how much time each recipe is going to take to prepare and to make. So you already know what you're in for. You got the ingredients. It's all set. They make it pretty much as easy as it possibly could be. 
Yeah, it, it really is. It gives you all that there. Of course, some of the meals available in September, a great menu, uh, paprika, spice, shrimp, and cheddar grits with tomato and sweet corn, spicy hosen chicken, stir-fry, and baby bok choy, and sesame ginger cucumber salad, eggplant and chickpea tangine with islander pepper, tomato, and couscous. I love couscous. Uh, summer oh, yeah. udon noodle salad with cherry tomatoes, corn, and summer sweet pepper. And Jess, that's only a few of the stuff that's coming out in September. So um, to help you guys out, get into Blue Apron and experience some of that great food. You can check out this week's menu again and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash redsoxbeat. You will love how good it feels and tastes to creating incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. Again, that's blueapron.com slash redsoxbeat. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Um, and it just, it just saves so much time, and it's great, and it works so well. Um, of course, we love having them as partners of the show. Um, just obviously, great week for the Red Sox. Again, despite whatever happens tonight on Sunday Night Baseball, it's, good, it's a good week. Um, and I think we talked about it, but I, I do want to talk about this a little more. That, that Thursday night win um, really did a lot for this Red Sox team because, like we talked about quickly, they weren't doing too hot coming out of that Orioles series, and, and it didn't look like they were doing any better coming into the Yankees series. So this team showing us a lot of grit um, coming into the series and winning that game. Look, I, I still don't believe this team is 100% clutch, and I got killed on Twitter for that, saying this. Uh, especially I enjoyed that. It was during, I know you did. I got killed on Twitter for t- saying this team is clutch, but I think the biggest difference between clutch and being a good team is you don't you don't need necessarily need to be clutch to win a lot of games. You know what I mean? Like that's my argument. It's you can be a really good team but not be good in close games or not be clutch. There's a difference. But that being said, um, this team is starting to win on, win over me in terms of the clutch factor. But I want to see it more and more often than not. So that being said, that Thursday was a huge start. That Thursday win was a huge start. Well, yeah, I mean, we can talk a little bit of the clutch thing. It's, yeah, I don't know. It depends on what your definition of everything is. You know, clutch is like, all right, being good in a situation that's close at the end of the game, and they haven't won. They haven't won a lot of close games. So you could say, in that sense, well, they're not clutch. Then again, they have had several, you know, three walk-off wins. It was the first walk-off home run. But I mean, if you look around the league, a lot of teams aren't good in games that are low scoring, games they don't score a lot of runs, games that they're trailing after a certain point. So it's like if if you look at it in terms of like numbers, no team's really that clutch, except the Rangers this year. They have a really good record in one run games, but most teams just aren't clutch. You know, most teams do better if they get a lead and hold a lead and pitch well. So it's like I don't know, the whole clutch thing you can kind of you know, you can kind of work with that a little bit. I could see both sides of it. I don't think the team's not clutch. They just, for some reason, haven't been able to win close games. But either way, this this was clutch, obviously, and it was great to oh, see yeah. him hit the home run and get to celebrate because we haven't had a walk-off home run in a couple of years, and they're always fun. Everyone gets excited. They get to jump around and be like kids, which was <laughs> just great. And, re- yeah, I mean, really, it's after not scoring a run on Wednesday and only getting one run in the first seven innings off Tanaka – you know, people were starting to think, well, this team was a great offense, but they're going to another slump here. There's only a couple couple games left here. You, know, you got to worry about you got to worry about the team not having a good offense. And then, boom! All of a sudden, seven runs just like that. So it was good to kind of silence the the offense sucks talk because you know they scored seven runs, seven runs, six runs. No need to worry about that. And it just it just kind of erased all negative doubt at a good time. So it was just it was even more than what happened. It's just the timing of it was just perfect yeah it was and i think that with the clutch thing i mean i know adam blue who of our written coverage threw this out on twitter to me too was like oh the cubs aren't good in one run games i mean they're not clutch sometimes they're not 
Like, it's just a matter of they're a really good team who win a lot of games by multiple runs, and they don't need to be clutch. You know, same with the Red Sox. They have the most runs in the league. You know, like, so by stats, they're the best team in the league, but they can't win those close games. So my my Because they have a lot of blowouts. Exactly, because right? they win. They just score a lot of runs, so they don't need to be clutch. So it's just when they need when they need the big hits or when they need the timely hits, um, they don't do it. And that's my point. They, they, they have these moments. I think that was their third comeback win of being down three or more runs this year or something like that. I think that was something I saw. Um, but that that helps the cause for being clutch. But my point is there's a lot of one-run games where you lose where you have opportunities to win, but they don't put the bat on the ball at the right time. They can blow a team out, which is awesome because you need to do that. But then when the one-run games come back into play, that's when they turn they, they stumble a little bit and they can't seem to find the ball to the bat when they need to the most. Yeah, that's true. It's definitely getting better, though, as, as the season's gone on the last like a month or so they've been getting better and better at that but i mean yeah i mean in the grand scheme like you're talking about the cubs the grand scheme really all that matters is wins and losses however you get it done that's that's what matters and which is why the cubs have the best record in the league they've gotten the most wins and then yeah. uh, the Sox are playing really well because they win even if they're not necessarily getting hits at the right time always but a win's a win yeah i know it definitely is and a big part of that win was the bullpen um the, the mm-hmm. win on thursday night um 1.06 ERA for the bullpen in September, best in best in baseball, um, and that's saying something considering this 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 bullpen was in shambles. Um, and now they're piecing it together. They have Joe Kelly in there who's been doing decent. Koji's back, doing well. Um, Kimbrel's finally, I think, figured it out. Um, and Barnes is doing well. Barnes is back on track because Barnes did, did have a little. Barnes had a little hiccup there. Um, yeah. for a little while, but it seems like he's kind of straightened it back out. Robbie Ross is hit or miss, but I, I do think he pitches well in good situations. So the bullpen's starting to figure it out, and they need to because, like we talked about, Jess, besides 1-2, you have to worry about your starting pitching still. It's funny because all we've been doing all season is crapping on the bullpen and how bad they are and how many games they've blown. And deservedly so, they did. They did blow a lot of games, and they haven't been good. But they, for some reason, some some switch was flipped, and they just completely flip-flopped, and now all of a sudden can't give up any runs. They've been completely dominant. 106 ERA for the bullpen, and to go even further with the pitching, the Sox starters ERAs is second in the majors in September. So, bottom line, starters or bullpen, the Sox have the best pitching in September right now, and go figure, they're keeping a lead in the division because they're pitching well. It's kind of how it works, isn't it? It is. Pitching kind of drives your (laughs) success. That's the way we talk about all the time. As much as you have a good offense, if you don't have good pitching, you're screwed. Um, Because bats go cold. You start with the Blue Jays in the playoffs last year. Pitching was meh. But the bats were what got them there, and then the bats slowed down, and the Kansas City Royals took over. Because um, the Royals had the best pitching. Hmm. Exactly. You need pitching. Go figure. And now they're going to miss the playoffs. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> you need pitching to do well. Um, no matter how good your offense is, if you don't have pitching, you can't sustain it. Offense can't sustain over 162. Pitching can. Um, and that's why you have to do so well. And this bullpen is showing why this team is leading the division because they're holding games down and giving their offense chances to keep them in the game and win these games late. And that's where the issue had been with those close games because the bullpen couldn't keep them in the game. And then when they were in the game, they, the, the offense wasn't hitting. So the bullpen's doing well. I think the biggest success so far in the last month, I think it has been Barnes because he wasn't doing well and I didn't trust him at all. And now I'm okay with him going in the eighth inning, seventh inning to kind of shut people down. Yeah, he's been solid. Nice, uh, nice power pitcher. 
Um, Abad's gotten way better since a couple of bad starts at the beginning of the season. Like you said, Joe Kelly has really been really been burning the bullpen. He's been throwing hard. He's had better control, and he he's been doing well. Kimbrel's getting his stuff together. Um, Robbie Ross has been solid for the last couple of weeks. Um, yep, Koji's looked really good since he came back from the DL. Zeeler's pitched well, and he's pitched well. So it's just great to see because like the pitchers who weren't pitching well are just turning it around and pitching well. It's not like it's like a whole crew of like five different guys. Like it's the same guy. So you got to give him credit for being like, well, we were terrible, and now we're gonna be good. And they just <laughs> seem they just seem to decide that they were gonna all pitch well together. And boy, what a what a joy that's been to watch. Yeah, it's it's been great to watch, um, and it really shows the success that they're having, and um, hopefully they move forward here, especially because they have a big four-game series with the Orioles coming up, who are going to be the second-place team coming into this weekend. So you can, realistically, with good pitching and obviously good play, you can put the Orioles out of this as well. Um, so, yeah, and on the road, too, would be incredible. Yeah, so it's in, the, it's in the hands of the Red Sox for this division, I think, at this point. Red Sox control their destiny. Um, and they have to really just start to buckle down here and play well. And that does pose the question, Jess, can they run away with this? Like, can they pull away? This is a big week for the Red Sox, and we'll preview it obviously later and we'll do our predictions, but for against the Orioles, it's a big thing for this team because it looks like the Orioles are hanging around. Yeah, and obviously the key with them is to get up early like we were talking about. Don't get to their bullpen when you're when you're trailing. I don't know if we can run away with the division. I think it's I think it's gonna stay somewhat close. Um, I'm I'm really starting to wonder about Toronto because they're really fading fast and they're they're uh, if the Sox win tonight they'll be four down even if the Sox lose they're still three down um, two for Baltimore totally knocked the Yankees out with this series it's yeah it's just Toronto you don't know what they're doing now with unless they go on another hot streak so at the moment it's looking like Baltimore which is funny because like two weeks ago it was looking like Toronto but it keeps changing so I think. Just with the nature of baseball, I don't think the Sox will run away with it, but there's no way, well, I guess there's a small way, but there's a very, very low chance that the Sox don't make the playoffs because between having the <laughs> having the division lead, they'd have to be a huge collapse. They'd probably have to lose, you know, like five out of seven next week to not get any playoff spot. So I think we should be feeling pretty good about the playoffs. Um, obviously, it'd be better to win the division, but... Yeah, if you keep winning, it all takes care of itself. Yeah, I'd really like to stay out of that wild card game, if possible. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That'd be kind of nice. No need. No need to deal with that, because then you have to waste a pitcher to get into the, the regular series situation. We don't need that. Just, just Let's just win the division. Um, plus, plus, if we win the division, it'll be another season of worst to first. <laughs> crazy. It's crazy how it works out. Um, and wouldn't it be fun to see the Red Sox make a run and potentially go against the Cubs in the series, if that's the case? Um because I think right now, if the Red Sox get in and have a good and, and kind of stay healthy here the rest of the way, they have as good of a shot as anyone in the say in the American League right now. Like the American League's wide open. Boy, you've changed your tune a lot since early in the year. <laughs> well, no, like I just didn't think the Red Sox could sustain this. That's the thing, you know. You gave um, us so much crap for thinking we were going to get to the World Series or LCS, and now well, you're sitting I, here I going like, "Oh, we should. Oh, oh, you're going to take it back think again." They're going to get to the World Series, but I'm telling you mm-hmm. that it's open. Like, there's no clear. Is there, I mean, to, to you, Jess, is there a clear cut favorite in the American League? Oh, not at all. Especially with the Indians getting these injuries, Texas has had a lot of close wins. Texas's run differential is only eight. They've won a real a lot of really close games. So if you can, you know, the offense the Sox have, you could hit hit a couple big games where you get like seven, eight runs in a game. They're definitely beatable too. I 
it's it's wide open. No question and that's about my, it. And that's that's the thing is because with those two teams, Cleveland and Texas, and now if everything holds pat, you're gonna have three teams from our division. And I like any <laughs> yeah. match, I like any series if you ever eventually have to play them in Baltimore or um, Toronto. If you have to play one of those teams later on, I like any matchup there. So it's it's one of those things where everything's falling into the place that. Injuries to the right people at the right time. Some people, not like you said, texted them the great run differential. If Cleveland was 100% healthy, they'd be the favorites by far. But with these, yeah, with, these, with, the, with these injuries and the situation, it's a good situation the Red Sox are in right now. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked if they, obviously, I, I think if they don't win a round, like say they win the division, if they don't win a round, I think it would be a disappointment just because of the way they're playing. Oh, definitely. And how, how good they've been on the road, best road team in the AL, gaining a lead in the division after being in third, after having that those long road trips. That just makes it even more impressive. So, yeah, no, the the uh, expectations are high at this point with how well they've played. It's it's great to have those expectations. That, that'd be really interesting, though, for the playoffs to have all three teams in the playoffs. That'd be so weird seeing Sox, Orioles, and the Jays all in the playoffs. Yeah, be weird. And they mentioned it tonight on Sunday Night Baseball, too. Like, we have the toughest division in baseball. Like if you yeah. and like, like the best no division question. in terms of like total like record and run and wins, AL East is by the best far. division. Is by far is the best division in baseball. Oh yeah, and it shows. And one of the not, closest ones too in the in like the recent history. Like there's hasn't been this many this this close of a race this late in the season. Yeah, it's crazy how close this running is. Um, and it's nice to see though because like we said just beginning of the year, I wanted meaningful games in September, and we're getting them. So we sure um, are. <laughs> uh, it's nice to watch. It makes me want to like turn the games on because you know this time of year everyone kind of kind of slips over to football. Um, and not when your team's good. <laughs> I mean, some people are still going to flip over to football, but most people are, are tuned into this team and are excited to see what the team can do. And I think the playoff around here, the playoff hype is going to be real um, because. You're going to see a lot of people comparing this year to 2013. I hope it doesn't happen um, because I think you do actually have a better offense than you did in 2013, obviously. Um, so I think this team, percentage-wise, probably deserves to win the World Series more than the 2013 team did um, because the 2013 team was a joke. So in that regards, if the 2013 team can do it, then this team should be able to do it too, right? I guess so, yeah. I mean, I I don't necessarily think that that was a fluke because they had really good players showing up at great times and winning not losing four games in a row all season long all that stuff i i thought that was that was great you know i saw someone comparing this team to the 2003 red Sox. i was about to bring this up that what i just said yeah yeah like because having really good offense having a bullpen that got better as the year went along that kind of stuff and someone said too like someone was saying how like our three four five hitters this year are better than that year because that year it was Nomar, Ortiz, and Manny. And this year yep. it's Mookie, Ortiz, and Hanley. And Ortiz is still Ortiz, if not better. Um, yeah, I think the, I th- the thing is, and obviously I think Mookie's better than Nomar, but I think the biggest kind of up-to-toss debate for that conversation is whether Hanley was better than Manny. Um, no, he's not. I don't think so, by any means. I don't either. Um, Manny is, whew, God. He was just phenomenal. Well, his was uh, performance-enhancing drugs, unfortunately. But That's true, but who cares? It was still worth it. It was fun to watch. <laughs> if you're talking about strictly their numbers and what they did, of course Manny was better. Manny was one of the best hitters <laughs> alive. Yes. Um, but it's fun to watch, and I think this team can do something in terms of like the 0-3 team did because 
the numbers are there. They have the best offense in baseball still. So I, th- I think you have something definitely to kind of peek over and kind of keep an eye on as this team goes on. Um, and as much as I don't think it's going to go to the World Series, I'm becoming less and less like I wouldn't be shocked type argument if they got there because the way they're playing and how everything's opening up. Um, yeah, it sure is. I, I hope, I mean, I'd be thrilled to get to Game 7 in the ALCS like they did in 2003. I just hope it doesn't end the way that one did. That was awful. <laughs> every time I, I still watch that and I cringe. Like, it's just like oh, Aaron awful. Boone. Every time I see Aaron Boone on TV, I just cringe. Like, it's just the sight of Aaron Boone. Just, ugh. Um, one thing that I want you wanted to touch on, Jess, I saw you put in here, just in regards to the Yankees fans. Um, for David Ortiz in his final game at Yankee Stadium, they want to moon him. I didn't see this story. You did. Um, I did, what, like, yeah, what? yeah. It was on the Boston Globe. Uh, just one random Yankees fan is like trying to get a petition and get like ten thousand fans to moon him on his last game at Yankee Stadium. I hope they do it. So he's just they just he's just sitting there, and all of a sudden, all these people are going to start mooning him. I think it sounds kind of ridiculous, but I guess kudos to that guy for trying to drum up some excitement and and whatnot. I think it's kind of weird because why would you want to do that? Plus, like, Red Sox fans didn't moon, didn't moon Jeter like grow up. I don't know. <laughs> I really hope that they do it. I hope they pull it off. That'd be amazing. Um, Get a lot of publicity. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be definitely exciting for sure. Um, that being said, I wonder that's if it's actually going to happen. I don't know. We'll have to keep an eye on that because that'd be yeah. honestly. I seriously think it'd be hilarious. Um, September 29th, I believe, would be that day. So we'll, we'll make sure we check. <laughs> check on that uh, day, see what happens. So that is all the Red Sox news kind of floating around. Uh, a couple MLB news here before we get to our predictions. Uh, let's start with the A.J. Preller news because it's obviously Red Sox-related big time. Um, A.J. Preller, the general manager of the San Diego Padres, was being a bad boy. Um, he was keeping records that, you know, you're supposed to keep a set of records in this database for the league so that for trade purposes so that other teams can look into other players to see what their injury history is and things like that. Um, so he had their team keep one record for the league in that system and then kept their own personal files on everybody that had, were more extensive. So long story short, they were hiding things from the leagues and from people. So when the Red Sox traded for Pomerantz, there was some information missing. Um, so that being said, I am pissed because you gave up a top prospect who obviously wasn't pitching well when he got over there, but, um, you still gave up a top prospect for a guy who has elbow issues and that wasn't disclosed. And I, if you're done, if you're Dave Dombrowski, you should be trying to get your guy back or at least get something back because that's crap. Yeah. I mean, I'm still happy to have Pomerantz cause I, I think he's definitely helpful to the team, but to do something like this and to hold, to hold the information back, uh, I know that. Tom Werner, not that I want to agree with him on anything, but I know he said that he was very disappointed to see that he only got suspended for 30 days uh, without pay, and he thought it should be more. It's not a lot at all. No, it's it's not. I mean, for, for without pay, I guess it I guess it kind of is, but for what he did, that's not much of a precedence to set. And you know, they were throwing around tonight on Sunday Night Baseball, like what about getting taking draft picks away, like doing that kind of stuff, because that that's a big deal. It's just kind of being sneaky and be basically lying with. You know, by by not saying, not not telling, what what your deal is. So it's, yeah, it's kind of messed up, and uh, I think he got off pretty easy. Yeah, I know. I think he really did, um, and I think it's crap. And I think that the Red Sox should want to put up a more stink about this and try to get something back, even if it's not giving mm-hmm. Pomerantz back. They should have been, hey, you idiot, you lied. You, we're keeping Pomerantz and give us something back. 
Like, give us Espinosa. Espinosa. <laughs> give, give us Espinosa back and then some. Like, you're not getting Pomeranz back, but you need to, you screwed up big time. And I'm just, I wish they were putting up more of a stink of it. Maybe they deal with, but can they deal with it in the off season? Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't know how that stuff works. But it would be nice if something could happen because you shouldn't just be able to get away with that. You should, yeah, you're right. You're like, we keep Pomeranz, but we get Espinosa back too because you screwed us over. Yeah, like, we're not giving you Pomeranz back, but, like, you should give us Espinosa. <laughs> then or you like totally giraffe, giraffe pick or something, but... Um, That'd make you learn from your mistakes, for sure. Yeah, really. It didn't really get... Feel, feel like, it felt like it wasn't too much of a punishment, because you traded the guy you wanted to trade, and you're only away for 30 days, and how big of an impact on a team is being suspended for 30 days? Really... Right, he doesn't bad. play the game, so, yeah. like... And they're, and they're, they suck. Like, it doesn't matter if it's there anyway. Um, but that being said, I think that... No one in this league is going to trade with him. No one's going to trust him enough to deal with him. So I think they're screwed as, a, as an organization because they need to make deals to get better. They need to figure this out, and now no one's going to want to trade with them. That's a great point. If you don't, if you're not trusted, and that might make them get rid of him because if he can't, if no one wants to trade with him, then he can't get why would you not? Why would you not move on to somebody else if nobody wants to do that? Exactly. So it's something. It's definitely a story to keep an eye on, especially just intriguing because of the situation Red Sox hand in it um so who knows but that's something to keep an eye on um other injury news around the league um Indians lo- lost uh, Carlos Carrasco for the season um uh, with a fractured finger Salazar's already out um I know we kind of hinted on the Indians before Jess but are they in trouble well, most of the time when teams lose their two best pitchers they usually aren't as good as they were before <laughs> that's very true that's very true Especially as we're sitting here talking about how important pitching is and how, you know, your top two pitchers, how important they are, blah, blah, blah. And they just lost both theirs. There's no way that could be good. They're going to have to overcome a lot. They're going to have to get really good performances from guys who maybe haven't been giving them as much to fill in for those places. So I, I don't see how there's any way it doesn't negatively affect them pretty big. Yeah, I think that this is the kind of thing that is why it's opening in the AL for for any team to kind of come through. If they If these injuries didn't happen... The Cleveland Indians are clear-cut favorites to do what they're supposed to do and move on. Um, but these injuries are huge for this team when you lose your two best pitcher, pitchers in a league that you need to have pitching to win. So um, that being said, this is this this these injuries are why everything's open. Yeah, it's huge. They were definitely the favorite with those two pitchers because they're two two of the better pitchers in the league, and they're getting they're getting snipped here right at the right at the worst time possible. That's like us losing. Maybe, I don't know, maybe not. No, it is probably pretty much losing Porcello and, and Price. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. That that would be that would be the extent of those injuries for yeah. the Cleveland Indians. That's it. That's it. You'd be, if you lost David Price and Rick Porcello right now, that's how they're feeling. Yeah, not a good feeling. <laughs> no, it's awful. Um, other pitching news who's out for the year now is Jacob DeGrom. Um, he is out for the season yeah. with ulnar nerve. Um, he's having surgery. That's a big blow for the Mets because their pitching is supposed to be amazing. He was supposed to come back and help them push into the playoffs, and if they do hold on to their wild card spot, they're not going too far, Jess. Right, because Harvey's already out and was terrible, and now now Degrom's out too, and he's also one of the better pitchers in the league over the last several years. And yeah, they're in the first wild card spot by a game. So either this could help them uh, aid them right out of the playoffs because San Francisco is only a game behind them, and St. Louis is only a two games behind them so they could either be knocking themselves out of the playoffs before it even starts or they could be knocking themselves out of the playoffs early because they're clearly not as good as last year they're still a good team but if you're losing this guy um there's gonna be other teams that are gonna beat you 
Could you imagine if the, the Red Sox had traded for Matt Harvey? Because that was a huge <laughs> thing. Remember, remember that? That whole conversation where yeah. everyone was like, oh, Bogarts trade for Matt Harvey. For yeah, and it almost it, it probably wouldn't happen. But how crazy would that have been? Yeah, looking back, uh, definitely not good. Bogarts has 20 home runs now, 88 RBI, 300 average, really good shortstop. And Harvey probably had one of the worst seasons you could possibly have before he got hurt. His ERA was terrible, his record was terrible, and now he's out for the year. So I never thought he was that good in the first place, so I'm, re- I'm really glad that didn't happen. Yeah, I think he's more of hype than he is. I mean, I wouldn't have hated him on the rock. It would have helped, but the health issues and just I think he is overhyped. I would have rather one of the other two guys on the, than, than him. So I think you have oh, yeah. dodged dodge a bullet there, but the Mets could easily slip out of the playoffs. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all because San Francisco is, you know, it's an even year and the Cardinals are uh, battle-tested usually into the playoffs. So I could easily see the two of them making the playoffs and the Mets finishing their third in the wild card. Which would be crazy, um, especially because I picked the Mets to go back to the NLCS this year. Boy, I was wrong. (laughs) We have both both World Series uh, teams not in the playoffs. That'd be crazy. Um, that's baseball that, for you. That, that, that happens that, more in baseball than any other sport. Yeah, it really does. The turnaround is insane in this sport. Um, yep. But there you go. That is the news around the league. Obviously, we're coming through September here, so the more stuff that goes on, we'll bring it up as the league kind of winds down and we get to playoff time, which is the best time of the year. Um, big week coming up for the Red Sox, like we've talked about. This could be a week where just they, they run away with it. This could be the week that they pull away in the division, and they have the opportunity to do that with four games against the Baltimore Orioles and three against the Tampa Bay Rays, all on the road. Um, only home series left is the Blue Jays series, correct? Um, yeah. I think that's it. Because the Yankees is on the road also. Yep. The only series that Dave right, Ortiz le- has left at home is that Blue Jays series. Wow, that's really sad. Sorry to put a bummer on that. I'm going to start over here. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, right, up over Because this is a seven-game home series that we're finishing tonight. Yep. So that was the home, and then we have, yeah, so we have uh, 10 straight in the road, and then three at home, and that's it. That's it, and then we're in the play. I mean, wow. so you'll, you'll get some more home games for David Ortiz, most likely, but it's just a matter of... Good thing of, we're the... I was, I was going to say, the good thing we're the best road team in the American League. <laughs> yeah, really, good thing is right. Um, so, Jess, obviously, four against the Orioles is huge. How, how do you see this one going down? Yeah, I really wanted to say take three out of four from them on the road just because they took two out of three from us at home but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way they're playing well like i said if you get down late in the game you're not going to win because of britain so i think the logical choice here would be to split two and two against the orioles yeah see i'm going with your gut i'm going win three out of four (laughs) (laughs) um i think that they understand that the team here i think the red sox are a better team than the orioles and like you said they are the best road team um, so I think that they're coming off the series against the Yankees. They're coming off a high, and they, they they know the importance of this, and I think the Orioles just lack the pitching to really hold up with the Red Sox offense. I think the Red Sox go in there and take three out of four um, from the O's and really kind that's, of put a stranglehold on this division. Um, but then they have to play the Tampa Bay race, uh, um, who can always be a pain in the butt to any team this time of year, even though they're bad. They're not your typical last-place team. So that being said, Jess, what do you got? Yeah, they're annoying, and normally against any other team that has a 20 games under 500 record, I'd be saying, oh, sweet, are you kidding me? They're out, it's over, September, a couple games left, forget it. Unfortunately, that's not how the Rays work. The Sox have had trouble with them all year long. They've 
they've beaten them more times than they haven't, but not but not many more. It's just a couple of games over 500, and they're always a pain in the butt. And I feel like weird things always happen at Tropicana Field. So as much as I want to say a sweep, I'm going to go with win two out of three because for some reason it's just really hard to sweep. Yeah, I guess I can see why you'd say that. Um, obviously, the Tampa Rays aren't good, um, but they they play spoiler. Um, they really do. They've been playing well against everyone they've played here late. I'm saying they're going to lose two out of three to Tampa Bay. Um, I mm. think that, yes, they're going to have a great series against the Orioles, but I think that the Tampa Bay Rays really do pose a problem for some reason. And the Red Sox go on a Tropicana field. I don't know what it is about playing the Rays, but they just, for some reason are good against the Red Sox. So that being said, they're going to lose two out of three. I have them going four and three as well, just obviously flip-flopping in the series. Um, but um, four and three. That would be a huge, I say that'd be a huge uh, letdown to lose two out of three to the Rays after if you beat the Orioles three out of four. <laughs> yeah, I'm predicting a very big letdown. Uh, um, but I think a four and three week is going to keep you in first place if that happens, right? I mean, that, that's probably a good thing. If you Definitely. Three. Yeah. So Especially four, if three of the four against the Orioles. Yeah, going four and three, even if you split with the Orioles, I think going four and three this week, in your scenario or mine, does keep you in first place, and that's all you ask for at this point. When you win what you're supposed to win and get to first place, then you, you go from there in the playoffs. So Because um, there's there so go. few games left anyway. So. Exactly, because after that you have, what, six games? So at Yeah, that just point, uh, three against the Yankees and three against the, the, uh, the Jays. The yep, Jays. That's yeah, that's it. So realistically... This is your division to lose at this point. Um, oh, and definitely. with such little time left before baseball sits, hits the postseason here, um, this week's huge. And I think that you're, if you're in first place coming out of this week, which you better be, you're winning the division. So um, that being said, yeah. the Red Sox should, are probably going to win the division, <laughs> um, which is really, really nice to say out loud. So that being said, those are the predictions for the week. Jess has them going 4-3. and three. I have them going 4-3. and three. We both say first place come next week. Um, and there you go, another week of Red Sox Beat. Of course, we are brought to you by Blue Apron. Don't forget, check it out, blueapron.com slash Red Sox Beat. Get those first three meals for free when you sign up, uh, obviously with free shipping as well. Get them to your house. Um, great. Check out the September menu as well. It's going to be awesome um, going on now. And, get your, again, that's blueapron.com backslash Red Sox Beat. Find us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Red Sox Beat is Facebook is just Red Sox Beat Podcast as well. Um, of course, you can rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. You listen to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to us. We appreciate you. We want to keep spreading the word and keep helping us grow as the Red Sox make that push for the playoffs and winning the division. We're excited to have meaningful games uh, come September and through October. So until next week, for Jess Thomas and myself, this is another episode of Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio.